Hey, Danny. Hi, Lance. Uh, let's talk about the longest Rob Zombie music video ever made. I'm the longest music video ever created in history. Go ahead. I hate this movie. Ick video. I hate this movie. Ick video. I hate this that's a great, movie. That's, ick video. That's a great new genre. Ick video. That's what we're watching. Ick. Today. Oh my God. This fucking movie. We're talking about Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 uh, from 20, 2009. Uh, who cares? It'll be two years after the, his other one. So that'll be 2007, 2009, probably. Sure. Somewhere in there. Uh, a very different take on uh, Michael Myers, Hattonville, Laurie Strode, Annie is uh, back. Uh, Daniel Harris is back, which is about all we can root for for this film. Again and again, they pull us in just to give it to us up the hey. All right. PG show, kind of. Uh, I hate to do this to you, Danny. Um, uh, I don't know if you hate. I don't know if you hate it, but let's do I, it. I, no, I, I do hate let's because do this is our favorite horror franchise, and this is going to be your least favorite pumpkin spice latte. But for Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, Danny, give us our pumpkin spice latte. I can do this. I'm a professional. The pumpkin spice latte for Halloween 2. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Ah. This is a continuation of the world of Halloween is introduced by Rob Zombie. It is a sequel taking place one year later. We see and follow a destroyed mentally and um, spiritually Laurie Strode, still played by Scout Taylor Compton, who is navigating life through uh, losing both her step parents or her real, her foster, I'm sorry, her adopted parents, who she believed were her parents the whole time. Uh, she finds out through a very exploitative uh, second book by Dr. Loomis, who has completely uh, decided to rip out our hearts and put them in a blender and feed, force feed it to us. And is Laurie Strode has to wrangle and uh, wrestle with the idea that she is Michael Myers' sister and is uh, going through that in a multitude of ways. Michael Myers is obviously alive and has survived uh, living throughout this entire year in the woods of Haddonfield eating raw animals and growing a very healthy beard and... Uh, becoming what is only can be described as a real mountain man and is going to wait till Halloween night to fulfill a promise that he's been making to his dead mother who is appearing to him in a white gown next to a white horse to reunite the family. Yeah. That, uh, that it's Stanley Kubrick took a long dump one time and it slithered its way through the sewers of wherever he did. And it came out and was uh, ingested by an animal. It was then expelled from that animal. And then when it landed onto the dirt and grass and muck and mire, that excrement was what this Halloween movie tried to be. Uh, wow. I, that took a, a deeper turn than this film does. I don't have any patience for this film. I hate this film. Okay. I hate it so much, man. I, I just, we just got through Lance praising the awesome ability of Rob Zombie. And that still is true. He is a, a fine director. Okay. But as a, I am destroying this movie for its content and its plot and its, its bastardment. It's not a word. It's, it's, <laughs> it's destruction. It's pillaging of our favorite horror franchise and its characters. And it just 
taking so many liberties and destroying everything that we know and love about this franchise and doing it gladly and with a lot of money and on a sort of vengeful spite if you will this movie should not have ever been made this movie should have never been cast again this movie should have never been released rob zombie shouldn't be involved in this movie because i don't think he wanted to be all that to say how dare you how dare you take such a beloved franchise characters and take from what you had already twisted and turned in your in your previous film and destroy them in a fiery blaze in this sequel All right. Well, that was a hell of an opening. Uh, I guess I'm going to be the one to salvage something out of this film. I would love to see this. <laughs> all right. It's all in the opening scene once again. Uh, yeah, it is. The the hospital scene. So we are getting, I don't know if it's the opening shot, but we get Laurie Strode directly from killing Michael Myers from the first film. She is drenched in blood. She looks very much like a Rob Zombie uh uh, heroin i guess uh, yeah, survivor survivor just drenched in blood walking down the street in total shock holding a knife i believe uh-huh uh, gun. gun holding the gun in which she shot uh, michael with the one bullet that was left uh bracket comes up finds her and we send her to the hospital where we find out that not only did she survive but barely survive survived oh, she is wrecked she is super wrecked and we get our first flashes of gore but it's surgery gore which i know that rob zombie likes a lot because some of the original footage from uh house of thousand corpses had a lot of surgery stuff going on in it um so we get a lot of in-depth surgery going on to Lori, uh which is okay it sets a tone that this is going to be a very very bloody gory the the blood is like black almost it just has a shine of red to it just drenched in it uh Okay, so we got pins in her arm and down her leg, uh, just resetting bones, all that. Oh yeah, we're peeling nails off. It almost looks like her fingernails or or her fingertips are gone, uh, just bloodied and bashed. Uh, and that leads pretty quickly into Lori being chased around the hospital by Michael Myers. I'm skipping through quite a bit here, but go ahead. <laughs> I really enjoyed this scene and being in the theater. I remember watching like, oh, fuck. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is the Halloween too. This is my favorite sequel redone real fast. And we get Michael Myers chasing Lori through the mm-hmm. hospital, even down to the basement of the hospital with the red light, the fencing and the claustrophobia. Uh, for some reason, Lori falls into a pile of bodies, which mm-hmm. makes no sense. But then it kind of does because... Turns out... What happened, Lance? Why, why, why? What happened? It's all a dream. It's all a effing dream, man. The, I was in the theater. Let me just paint you the picture. I, the night before... The night before... The night before. I watched all the movies in order to get my... I was so pumped for yes. this movie. They had got me with the marketing. They had got me with everything else. Oh, big surprise. Oh, <laughs> it's the story of every film besides the mask. It's yeah. the marketing of the movie. They got us so good. I was so ready. I was like, oh, yeah, let's get into it. So I had treats. As you can see here, we have treats, but I had more treats and uh, eats. And I was getting ready to go to the movie. And I got in the movie and I'm watching it just like Lance said and I'm watching it and there it is. It's the hospital. Oh my gosh. And it's go, go, go. He kills Octavia Spencer and, you know, he's coming after Lori. She's getting through, uh, you know, escaping him. It's so good and like there's a lot of awesome things like Lance said and then it's a fucking dream. The whole thing is a dream and in the theater, someone literally stood up and said, that was a fucking dream. <laughs> Because you just, what, what is that? No, honestly, as a filmmaker, what is the purpose of that? No, I get it. She's living with the past. She's she's wrestling with her past. It's, you know, the scars remind us that the past is real, you know? Um, But why would you give us the best part of your movie to be nothing? Yeah. All you had to do was get out of the out of that sequence, you know, like, I mean, it ends with Michael 
grabbing an axe and slashing at Lori, and that's when she wakes up. If you do anything else to to get Lori out of there, then you can fast forward two years or whatever it is. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's keep totally that scene legitimate. It's totally plausible that he was able to track her down at the hospital, try to get her, and then she was able to escape him, and or they shot him to death again or something, something. But to make all that what the fans were watching and loving, they were like, "Oh my God, Rob Zombie, yes sir, take my money and have more of it." Yeah, and then he just said, "Ah, oh, gotcha, bitches." What the fuck is the point of that? Right. It, it, it's so because Halloween 2 is one of my personal favorites, if not my personal favorite. The original Halloween 2. The original Halloween 2. And you paid such a great homage to it. And you not only redid my favorite parts in fucking three minutes or you five minutes him. or whatever, you did it so well that I was like, yep, go get me the popcorn. I'm in for this film. And now we get Lori Strode waking up. In a Rob Zombie music video, uh, the her, perfect room for a Rob Zombie oh video. Oh, my sweet Jesus. Her room is destroyed. Like, this is, okay, yeah, she's very she's very damaged. Yes, girl, okay, you're very damaged. And you've got, you've spray painted on your walls, and you've got pictures of Charles Manson. I get it. You know, like, it's a little too much. Lori is living with the brackets because not only did she survive, but so did Annie. Danielle right. Harris is back, as Lance mentioned. So she is living with the brackets. That's Annie and Sheriff Bracket. But she, I mean, okay, I get it. You went through something, but so did Annie. And at the same time, yes. why are you taking so many liberties with this bedroom like, are you the worst sleepover person? It's like that time when you had sleepovers and you had that one friend who just like helped themselves to the to the fridge without oh, asking. I'm like, did you ask Sheriff Brackett if you could just spray paint, wake up, bitch, or something like that on the walls? Yeah. What if he brought people over and he gave them like a tour? And this is um a bedroom and well, I guess you can't see it or whatever, right? Well, the thing is, I identify with the room because my room used to be decked out and, you know, I think I had a Rob Zombie poster back in the day. Did you spray paint on the walls? I did not spray paint, but I had every inch covered with, you know, metal posters and uh, horror movie posters. And I didn't have Daniel Harris on my walls back then, but I would have probably liked to. Anyway, uh, (laughs) back on point. Um, And she spray paints the bathroom as well. But we get a very damaged uh, Lori. But you're right. Why is she so much more affected than Annie is? So, Annie's like the strongest character coming out of the gate in this one. And it makes no sense. Uh, Lori is seeing a therapist or psychologist. She's seen uh, Margot Kidder. She's seen the Lois Lane. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the first thing, the first part of this film, we open with a quote about the white horse and what the white horse represents. Did did you get it? We're going to punch you in the face with this fucking white horse. Wake me up when this movie ends, honestly. So the theme of this thing is make sure you know about the white horse because... However, don't we also get a... And I'm sorry to interrupt, but don't we, we? I need to know what you think about him breaking out at the... Uh, escaping the van. Is that real or is that dream too? Well, I don't know. I, there's That's so many- the thing. Is that like you left your opening so... Up to mm. uh, up for debate or up for like consideration, ambiguity at its finest. Like, uh, is it really right, right, right? So let's go back. Michael Myers is being toted off in his uh, his bag, his uh, uh, body bag. By do you know the actors? Uh, I know one of the actors was is in Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, answer. I don't know. I'm not gonna even suggest their names, but uh, and another guy from Batman begins. Joe Chill. Oh, the Joe Chill. But <laughs> Joe they're Chill. yeah, they're they're very. He's very Joe, not Chill. Talking about uh, necrophilia, necrophilia and stuff. Um, yeah, I'm talking about Linda from the first film. Yeah, uh, these guys are supposed to take Michael out of the picture, basically transport the wagon, them. Yeah. They are the coroner, uh, and they're having this grotesque, very Rob Zombie uh, conversation. Yeah, talking about fucking corpses. And then uh, we get a cow, 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 cow. <laughs> What? We get a cow in the middle of the road. We crash into the cow. Which anybody who's, you know, growing around the farm know that if you're going any high amount of miles per hour and you run into a cow, that's as well as running into a wall. So it's not like the Texas Chainsaw remake sequel where we just splash a cow. Absolutely. If you're going, it also, everything depends on how fast you're going, but they're on the highway. If you hit a cow, you might as well just, you say your prayers at that point. 
and it's fucking gruesome and it's gruesome for un- uncertain the guy <laughs> the coroner yeah he's driving head, doesn't his, his like jaw come out yeah or something it, like that? it is gruesome but then we have our other uh co-pilot jo- just joe chill joe, yeah. mr joe chill bleeding from the mouth and he just says one word over fuck over and over and over i think the scene is a good minute and a half long of him trying to what if what if the script said uh fuck and then improvise and then all he did was just say that word over and over again i I think the script literally was one page of just fuck 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 (laughs) fuck 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 it was two pages but he's like choking on his blood and all he's saying is fuck and sometimes he screams fuck and then Sorry, mom and dad, and and mom and dad. Mom, excuse us. We'll we'll bleep this out later. But that's all he says for a good minute, and then we start hearing banging in the van. So this scene has to happen because who's envisioning this? True. Yeah. It's just. It, but you, this scene like bleeds into her dream. So it's like, when did it? When did was the cutoff? Anyway, he breaks out. He finishes the job of Joe Chill, and what does he see down the highway? Mom. <laughs> And horse, <laughs> the white horse, sweet Jesus. Yes. Uh, so I would give him credit if it wasn't Sherry Moon zombie coming back for another paycheck. Lance, tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like, it's just ah, fuck this shit, man. Like, you know how residuals work in this damn town in this business. Like you're in the movie again. You get residuals for it, you know, and it's and not only is she in the movie, she's in the movie like she's always there. Yeah. She's like this like presence that and then they. Re, OK, so anytime he talks to his mom because he's a old, I mean, he's an adult grizzly man with like the biggest beard. It, I don't know. I don't know how long it takes to grow beards that big. Maybe a year, I guess I, I'll give I'll I'll suspend belief. But yeah, it's You're the mountain ma- man. Yeah. Yeah. It's a massive, massive beard. The mask is halfly on, like it's like half on because it's not only has he been shot in the face, but like he's been shot in the face. So (laughs) yeah, anytime he talks to his mom, who's this entity as the ghost white horse, he has to talk to her as his kid self. So they recast young Michael. Right. The the original young Michael has kind of started to go through puberty his changes so he's, he looks much older already so we have to recast young michael which always takes me out of it immediately immediately like you, you can't you can't recast uh right. willie mays hayes you know from wesley snipes to omar epps you can't yeah, do that one time i think it worked but it's actually not bad yeah. <laughs> uh so we get this new stranger child uh, we get Sherry Moon Zombie, who doesn't have to act much in this. She just has to be the same character she is in every Rob Zombie music video. Uh, right. The Living Dead Girl. She is the Living Dead Girl. She has her little black streak, uh, blacked out eyes, which are always wide open. I don't know if you ever noticed that, but they are always very wide open. Um, anyway, so Sherry Moon Zombie on her white horse. Young Michael, who is the only one that can speak for Mountain Man Michael to mother (sighs) it's it's exhausting folks and you know what i'm sorry and i didn't make this movie but i watched it and i hated myself after doing so and you know what like i was watching this with my beautiful fiance we were watching this movie and it was just like it's hard to talk and explain this movie to someone because like she's uh, she knows how big of a fan i'm and she's watching she's like wait what's going on (laughs) and you know that's such a heavy burden on someone who's supposed to know what the hell's going on with this franchise and i'm just like i don't know i had the exact same experience <laughs> like i well there's this thing and then this white horse and cherry moon zombie and mom and uh, it's jesus christ it's okay so let's go to uh things we like this should take one minute i i don't think <laughs> i think i want to talk about Lori and her doctor which is funny because to me, there's a scene because we got to go back to the white horse again. I want to mention that fucking thing. I swear to there's God. a scene where the doctor's trying to get in depth, like what's going on, Lori? And we have a pretty good conversation between the two. We get to know who Lori is at this point. Not a fan of it, whatever. She also has random semi dreads. I don't know if she's trying to make dreads, but um, dreads are a thing. Well, no, yeah, because that's the t- when you go through that experience, right? You go through a, a life changing experience. You just got to start washing your hair with with 
bar soap. Right. Yeah. Um, so they're having a, an in-depth conversation. It's not terrible. But then <laughs> there's an ink blot on the wall right behind, right, right between Doctor and Lori. There's an ink blot here. And Lori comes in. She's like, what the hell is that thing? And she's like, oh, it's whatever you think it is. So what do you see? it's so obvious that it's like two white horses. Like it's the first thing that you see. She goes, Oh, I see a white horse. And the doctor's response is like, huh? And Lori goes, so what does that mean? And she goes, uh, I think you're just a girl that likes horses. <laughs> All legitimacy for the doctor out the fucking window. I don't give a shit anymore. That's your response. You're trying to get into this girl's brain you tell her to like tell you what this ink blot says, and that's your response. Okay, so all legitimacy is gone. I think you're just a girl who likes horses. Yay! What? Oh my god! It's like the for me, it's the scene from the first film where Michael's little Michael's wearing a clown suit and the Halloween um, the shape mask. Everyone laughed at it. I laughed at it, and it took the legitimacy down a notch. It's like okay, now we got to build back up to where we were because you just lost us. In this moment, for me, that's what that moment was. I just uh, don't. I, I just don't know. I'm not going to pretend I know anything about the backstage politics. I just, I'm, I'm not. Right. But I will say that this reeks <laughs> of we need you to come back and do a sequel. And Zombie saying I'm not doing a sequel because you guys were on my ass, up my ass for the original, not the original, but my first one. And I just don't want to go through that again. I could see that they were like, no, 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 no. We need you to come back. Continue your story. We'll give you way more free reigns. And he's like, are you sure? Yes, yes. But are you sure? Sure. And they're like, yes, yes. Make your own movie. But you have to remember that you got to pay homage to the original sequel. He's like, yeah, I'll pay homage to the motherfucker. And that's what that dream sequence was. And then he went bananas. Dr. Loomis (laughs) is an asshole in this movie he is the biggest asshole he has no redeeming qualities whatsoever absolutely none weird al yankovic and him and chris hardwick are on a talk show at one point promoting the book and they just like shit all over him he's a jerk to his uh assistant he's talking about getting me a hot cup of tea piping hot he's just a jerk he wrote this book Full well knowing that they did not find Michael's body and knowing that there was an idea or maybe a possibility, but not giving a shit that Michael could still be out there. He wrote this all telling book that we did not mention in the original Halloween, but there's a nice moment between Brackett and Loomis where Brackett tells Loomis what happened with Lori. He's I respond to a 911 call. I see, you know, Deborah Myers is, you know, shot herself and he sees that the darling baby is there and it breaks his heart about putting her through the foster care system. So I omit her from the report and I drive over to the next town and I drop her off at the orphanage or the hospital and thinking that would be it. Then he hears that through a friend of him, Mason Strode, adopted that baby later. So he knows... That Lori has been was a, is a Michael Myers' sister and was adopted by the Strodes. The only person who knew that really was Sheriff Brackett. Right. But he played it razor. And I mean razor sharp with Loomis in the in the first part. So Loomis has all this information that he told him do not like disclose. And what does he do? He puts it in a fucking book. A tell-all. A tell-all yeah. book exploiting big time the murders and like you see he goes on a book tour and the father of linda like takes a gun out and he's like that's my daughter and you your monster that you created murdered her and he's gonna try and kill loomis so it's like like how are we ever ever supposed to like this character never no i i think that's kind of the point right i guess is the point but it's not the point though because at the end he tries to have this redeeming moment and nobody gives a shit right it doesn't work but no it doesn't work the point uh he uses photos of uh he uses legitimate photos of Lori and linda and yeah he's like this girl is michael myers's sister she's still alive And this is how Lori finds out. Lori hasn't known until this book comes out and she starts reading it and she loses her shit. Uh, there's there's uh, something else that was really confusing is Lori's talking to her doctor because her and Annie are not getting along. They are bumping heads. Yeah, Annie's living and going on with life and just trying. And I'm, look, look, here we go. Look, make sure that this does not get misconstrued. 
everyone goes through life and through traumatic experiences differently than others. We're not saying that not even in the, this is a movie also, right? But Annie is being aggressively shit on by Lori in mm-hmm. this movie. And I'm not saying this because like I side with Annie because she's coping better. I don't know what Annie's going through. No. Annie is also, you know, she's got scars on her face from the plastic surgery that they both had to go through. It's like they're both going through it. I'm just saying, like, if you know that someone shares a traumatic experience with you, maybe don't add and be an antagonist in that in that plight, you know? Right. Yeah. And there's there's something else because Lori at some point says, and this is what doesn't make sense. It's the writing. It's the dialogue that doesn't make sense. Lori says that she feels responsible. This is the reason that she's spiteful or whatever. She's being shitty to Annie is because she feels responsible every time she looks at Annie and sees her. Why does she feel responsible? There's no reason for her to yet. She doesn't know that Michael's her, her brother. She doesn't know that any connection. There's no reason. Annie was the first one attacked. I mean, she maybe, maybe because of the way he treated her that night, you know, that he was actually look, you know, he treated her differently than he did Linda. And yeah. Okay. Maybe. I mean, once it made more sense once she finds out like, Oh, there's a legitimate connection. Sure. But the way, like, Lori has made new friends. She's like, you know, doing the whole and it to me it just reeks of surface cliche. Cliche punk against the machine sort of thing. She's working at this like coffee shop, which like I will hand Mr. Zombie a lot of credit for a lot of things that he does do well. And that's creating unique characters mm-hmm. like the guy who runs the coffee shop. And uh you know, see more coffins or whatever. And the dude who runs the Rob rabbit in red, like all these characters, I'm like, these guys, they're, they're from your little thought tank. That's cool. Yeah. I could dig it. Right. It's when you, and again, you're having so much Liberty with characters that are too iconic to be messed with. Right. So Lori is going on this punk phase and this, you know, fuck the man sort of thing. She's working at this, uh, coffee sh- shop. She's made two new friends. Um, who are very much, you know, outspoken and, you know, uh, you know, different than any characters, yeah. right? More like Linda, but like Linda to the 10th power, right? Yeah. Maybe that has something to do. Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe it's because she's like, she misses Linda. And, uh, well, that's a reach, but sure. I don't give we'll it go with credit. that. But anyway, so, so she's got this whole like, and uh, they've also uh, turned vegetarian as well. Her and Annie. That's also another thing, right? Yes. No so, more meat. Huh? No more meat. No more meat. So no they're, meat. they're. They're trying to get through life. And there's moments, right? There's moments between Lori and Annie that are sweet and moments where Lori kind of has it together. And I get it. Look, maybe it's because it's a Halloween movie and it was done this blatantly irresponsible with the yeah. with the source material that I am shitting on it as much as I am. But I will tell you this. If this was his sequel from his original monster movie that he had just made, like that's saying that Halloween was not... Halloween. Yeah. Rob Zombie's Halloween. That this is a sequel to his original. This is, you know, kind of interesting to see what someone would go through and like they're wrestling with that. And I and and I enjoyed that, right? But then you go back to showing us the monster every time you're roping us in with Lori. You're like, okay, we could feel for this character. Then you show us the monster and you're like, fuck, that's supposed to be Michael Myers. Why does he look like Grizzly Adams? God damn it. You know? Like, yeah. And he, all he's doing is walking, walking, walking. That's walking like, through like exposed fields. Right. And then some, I don't he's know. He's seven feet tall and people are looking for him. You don't think anybody saw him? Now he's wearing a hood. He's got this huge beard. He's he, sponsored by Carhartt. Um... <laughs> I don't know the actor's name again, but Bobby from Sons of Anarchy comes up on him. But and he also mentions like I told you not to come around here anymore. So basically, we're to believe or expect that Michael has been roaming around the same field for the last two years. This famous serial killer that they know the body has not been found. Right. And they're just like, uh, here, here's this seven foot jackass again. I wonder where else I wouldn't think right. about a seven foot jackass. Oh, maybe the fucking missing serial killer. So here's an interesting point. They 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 go. They find him. Bobby is uh, his buddy and this girl. They're just kind of random. They're it's, the property it looks owners, like a like a mom, dad, and uh, mom, and brother, and sister. Sure. Like, uh, there we go. Dad, brother, and sister. Okay. Sure. I, the girl's a little older, but anyway, it doesn't matter. There's these three characters. 
They go out, they find Michael and say, all right, let's do it. They, they basically beat him up. The girl's a little distraught about it. Doesn't know that was going to happen. Right. They've got a dog in the back. Um, <laughs> what do you do to the dog? Do you do anything? Do you do anything to the dog? Hold on. So they beat the hell out of him. Michael's now activated, puts his mask on, kills everyone. And then he goes to the dog in the back. What do you do to the dog? So he playful Michael's back, little knife to the cage that the dog's unfortunately in. Uh, a little kennel that's, I think, a little too small for that dog. Oh, yeah. Takes the dog out. And the next thing that we see is Lori eating pizza. And now we have some sort of connection between Michael and Lori because Michael starts eating the dog. I, Danny, it it happened finally. I will give you credit. Michael does eat dogs. He eats dogs raw. No seasoning. Uh, apparently, Lori tastes dog in her pizza, who's nowhere near Michael, but tastes the dog and goes and throws up. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me <laughs> that the most ridiculous plot line in the franchise, which was re- previously seen in Halloween 5 with the telekine- telekinetic, yes, I can't yes, ever say that fucking yes. word, between Jamie and Michael is now being revisited? Yes. Everything's being revisited in this. Okay. That's why I said... We, we made things very clear, like in Halloween 1, 2, 4, 4, uh, there's little hints at what Michael may or may not be doing. We get to debate things like, did he actually eat a dog or was Bragg just or was Loomis just saying he's hungry to kill? We can debate those things. Mm-hmm. In Rob Zombie's movie, everything is answered. <laughs> yeah, he filled he up the Scantron. He basically went through, watched the whole franchise and said, I'm going to figure out a way to answer every single question ever, everyone's ever had. The only thing that was way. left was the, who the fuck the Curse of Thorn person was. Or yeah, like, well, or, we left that on the table, unfortunately. For part three. Yeah, so now we have a connection, telekinetic. I can never say that word because I'm trying to say telekinesis. Yes. I know how to speak English, folks. Okay. Pero hablo español también, so that's the problem. <laughs> so anyway. Yes. Dog meat when she asked specifically for no dog meat on her pizza. <laughs> she asked no dog Yeah, okay. Uh, she asked for no meat on her pizza. So, I actually like this scene with because it's Brad Dourif and I love him because mm-hmm. he's an amazing actor. And I almost felt like he settled in a little bit more when he did this one. Yeah. Um you could tell that maybe he was like felt like he had to live up to certain expectations maybe just being like a professional knowing the source material for the part for the original for the original well yeah i feel like actually everyone has more chemistry and there's more there's something more organic to it just because they kind of said effort to the original idea like let's sure. just do our own thing now we get to kind of be our own characters and do our own thing so uh in the morning they show uh i love because i love him i love him and i love his bracket yeah because he's just this uh, single dad it's obvious uh with him and annie and he's an ass kicker so it's cool like she gets like a back and forth between him and her is always nice like she's trying to get him to eat healthier and she's like, can I make you some egg whites? She's making egg whites in the morning. He's like, nah, I'm going to swing by, get one of those, you know, it's, it's like a super biscuit or yeah. like Supreme. And he's pouring the coffee in his thermos. And she's like, ugh, dad. And she's like describing it, like how many calories or whatever. And he's like, I know it. I know it. You know, it's just so cool. <laughs> right. So they're like, hey, uh, when you come home for dinner, bring pizza. Don't forget the pizza. We're gonna- I guess it's pizza night or whatever, right? Yeah. So they said half of it has to be pineapple and nothing and cheese, right? The other half was going to be what he's going to eat, meat. So there's a nice playful moment right before the dog incident where, uh, you know, she's it's him and and, and Annie and Lori. And he's talking about, uh, oh, because they say we're starving like Marvin. Yeah. Does anybody remember who the original Marvin was? Was it Lee Marvin? And they're like, who's Lee Marvin? Who's Lee Marvin? Right. Cat Baloo. He was great. And Cat Baloo, he goes in, he's the best gun in the West, and he shoot, and he misses the barn. And there's no reaction because it's like a dated reference. And right. he's like, yeah. it's just awesome. It's kind of, it's it's cool to see. But you know what? That has nothing to do with a Halloween movie, and it has everything to do with these with this with this actor having fun and connecting with Another actor. But right? now we care about him because like I said in the first one, I feel like everything was so rushed and there wasn't quite as much depth. They may have had the same amount of screen time, but there just wasn't the depth that we got from the original. So now we're taking our time. We're starting to get to know these characters from the first film a little bit better. Annie, I think, is has a much 
has much more strength in this one and more depth. And I think Danielle runs away with it too. She she really goes for it because yeah. there's eventually a blow up blow up between yeah. her and and Lori, which was yeah. coming. Lori and her kind of have like a uh you know, one day at a time. I think Annie reminds Lori about one day at a time, mm-hmm. right? And Lori just hated it and she like blows up on Annie and they're they have a they have this thing to where Annie says what we were already suspecting. I'm not impressed. You know, like this whole, like whoever you think you're trying to be is not who you are. And you know what? I don't buy it and I don't care. And you know what? Neither do the fuck I, right? I don't care. And I hear, I'm going to say something honestly that I hate saying things like this because I respect actors and the craft and, uh, I just know how much goes into it and I know how much of a score this must have been and a great thing for these actors to do. But as a fan is how I'm approaching these and I need to remember that I do not like this actor, Scout Taylor Compton, in this role. And yeah. to be frank with you, I just didn't enjoy her performance whatsoever. It's screamy. It's whiny. It's a little too much to handle, and especially because Rob Zombie loves the screaming and extra emotion in his performances and or his characters. This one, woof, man, she was just like, I I hate doing it. That's where she's just like, it's up here the whole time. It's just like she's that's a dolphin. What, yeah, she, plays, she was yeah. dolphining the whole moment. And you know what? I just, I just, I, I wanted to jump underwater and well, not come. We're up. getting a different Lori, right? We're getting a whiny, uh, the trauma of her life, right? Somebody came after her. She just found out it's her brother. She's got this fucked up past that she didn't know about. Her, her step parent, her adopted parents are gone. Yep. Uh, okay. It's just too much at a certain point. Then she wants to go and get drunk and celebrate Halloween and dress up. With her new friends. They're going to dress like the Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, characters, which was kind of cool to see. Yeah, yeah it was cool. Sure. But, you know, look, look, there are moments in this movie that are that are like, ah, you wrestle with them because you're like, it's not the source material. And you know what? Sue me. Find a lawyer tonight and sue me for liking my source material the way I like it. Okay. Yeah. I like my Halloween movies to follow a formula that is introduced by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. Is that so wrong, no. Lance? No, it's Do not Do I need wrong. to go to jail tonight? It's not wrong, but we're in the remake era, and we're remaking right. this. We have to reboot it, and you can't make it the exact same film, because well, who's going to want to watch that? That's true. That's true. I would. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see that Halloween too. Like, I mean, what he gave us in the first five well, like, ish minutes of the film were great. Let's think about the remakes that have made, uh, have done a good job. The Evil Dead remake. Evil Dead was great. What about? I mean, yeah, maybe you added an extra character here and there, but for the most part, we got the we we pretty much got the original. Yeah. But it, they upped it, you know? They didn't compromise. They didn't take liberties. I, I fucking love the Evil Dead remake. Right. Obviously, it's, you know, it's a little changed as far as, like, who, it's not Ash and, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Because yeah. it ended up not being a remake. That's not the point. The point is, is that there is a remake that works and you didn't re- reinvent the wheel. You just are introducing a story that exists to a broader audience. Yeah. But no, that's not what we're doing. We no. we hired a musician. We hired an artist. We didn't hire a director. We didn't hire like a horror movie. Uh, I guess. But as a fan, though, he is a fan. You know, he is. He's a fan. What was still this got about? his style? You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, well, there's a lot of things in this film that you, like you said, as a big like fu, like I'm gonna do what I want. It, that's there, what it felt like. It felt like we were in the drama of the backstage politics. Yeah. And I hate that. There, there's one. There's a deputy that uh, it's a woman deputy that brings in some information, but she's got like straight up Leia uh, <laughs> yeah. do going on. I have no idea why, but. Uh, it, that moment kind of felt like a fuck yeah, I'm gonna put some Star Wars in your Halloween film. You know, I don't know. It's, it's I'll, so I'll, sad. To although, see. here's something if if any of you all remember our, and I, I, I swore I was gonna do this. Oh no. If you remember a Halloween 2 episode, the original Halloween 2, I said that the deputy that takes over for Bracket has a sort of, uh, 
feel about him and his look and his delivery of lines from that actor oh that's God, from yeah, <laughs> the actor that is from Coach, right? And yes. guess who's in this movie as a deputy? And again, it's because Rob Zombie said the same thing you said. <laughs> uh, that reminds me of the guy at Coach. Hey, can we get the guy from Coach? And in he's this film? also like, uh, you know, uh, isn't he Patrick's voice or SpongeBob or something? No, that no, no. Oh, wait, actually, I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> Flash. He plays the Flash same. The picture. He plays the exact same character as the the first film. Yeah, so he's the one that gives the information to Bracket. I mean, but there we are, right? So, um, this movie, guys, it's a hard watch. I'm not even. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. It is a hard watch, and I always use my gorgeous fiance as a sort of measuring stick as far as like because i can be biased for what for for movies that i should like okay yeah if i am going to watch a halloween movie i'm going to be biased what the hell i always use her because she is not as a huge fan of me as me but she loves the movies she's watching this movie and she's like Uh uh-uh i don't like it yeah i hate it (laughs) And I was like, you know what? I hate it too, but I needed to make sure that I was like, maybe not just hating on it because it's like, you know, we'll be the first to tell you we fans can be a lot and we are. Yeah. We're, we, you know, we like what we like and that's it, you know? Um, But I was like, ah, shit, maybe I'm being too harsh on this film. And, you know, maybe 10 years, five, 10 years down the road, this movie's going to get like a resurgence like Halloween 3 did. Yeah. Maybe. I just don't know. I think it's there. I I like the way Halloween is portrayed in the town because I feel like the first zombie movie, uh, the way Halloween is portrayed in the town reminds me more of the original Halloween. This one's amped up. There's a lot more decoration. There's a lot more going on in the town. There's a huge party. Oh, that party, though. I'll say something about that party. That party is legit. I want to be at that party. Yeah, the DJ's got uh, Frankenstein right in front of his DJ booth. We got Seymour Coffins in there. Yeah, yeah. Sagan. Who's telling terrible Halloween jokes? Yeah, they were so awesome. bad. But they got this like huge pumpkin monster that's like I guess an animatronic. It's just like rah, 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 rah. and I was yeah. like, I I either want to throw that or I want to be at that. Right. But both times it was very appealing. <laughs> but then you do still cool stuff like that, and then that dream sequence where they're at that like Last Supper sort of thing, oh. and it's like, well, that was yeah. It reminds me straight up of like mid nineties. Rob Zombie, White Zombie music videos. Yeah. We got like this moon headed looking thing sitting at a table. Yeah. Scout or sorry, uh uh Lori. I always call him by their actor name for some reason. But yeah, Scout Lori, Taylor Compton. Yeah, Lori's just kind of chilling there. She's in like a glass coffin sort of a thing, struggling to wake up out of this. It's just this weird, bizarre Rob Zombie dream sequence and you know what for being he's like i want to make something i'm going to make a something that's very bizarre and you guys are going to watch it and you're going to tell me what you think and we did but you know you say rob zombie music video i think of the until it sleeps music video from uh metallica uh-huh. that's it. but still we're I, roger that roger roger right. 10 4 i yes. got you right there with that yeah um but i will i will say that there is one movie in the entire franchise that will make me actually well up and shed a tear. And it's this one. Did you know that? I did not know that, but now we all do. Well, this is the only movie and we're, there's no format here. We're going to just jump and skip around. Like, right. I have a feeling I know where you're going. Of course you do. Cause it's probably going to, it, it, it makes you sad too, but it actually hurts me when yeah. i watch this scene yep so we mentioned that um and you know what kudos to the man rob zombie for bringing back a character that he knew everyone that was going to watch this was going to love and is in danielle harris he yep. brought her back as annie Brackett, and have um you know she's 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 survived she's living uh sheriff Brackett's working so he tells the deputy uh go over to my house and just watch. And the deputy's like, oh, God, come on, boss. I don't want to do that. Last year I went there and Annie kicked me in the nuts. So actually it's not a year after. It's maybe about two years after yeah. uh, the original or his first movie. So he sends a deputy out there to watch just because Sheriff Brackett has a feeling that something's off. And then with the book releasing, so he just feels that way. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's right. 
Michael's back. He kills the deputy, and it's just slow and methodical. Annie is just, it looks like she's going to get ready to take a bath. So uh, she's, it's actually a pretty cool shot. He's shooting it from the bedroom into the bathroom. And Annie is like either getting toothpaste or something. She's just getting like, you know, she's doing her thing in the bathroom. And when she closes the medicine cabinet, you can see in the reflection, she doesn't see it. We do. Michael is behind her. Yeah. And what proceeds is not a fast paced kill because we've seen her go through that. What zombie does is that he gives us. He gives us a he makes a guessing game he, like what did she, what happened because he doesn't show him her die she kind of it's like a shows her motion yeah slow motion thing where you see her reaction you see Michael and then like inserts of, of it at real time it's like oh oh by the way yeah. he loves to growl now whenever he's killing somebody Michael that is yes um so. Which he didn't do in the first film. No. So my translation trying to watch this was maybe when he, because he doesn't grunt on every kill uh, or every every action he doesn't grunt, but certain ones he does. I'm guessing the interpretation is that those are the dream sequences for Lori. Like Lori doesn't totally know Michael, so she's making up a version of him. Sure, yeah. Like when he's killing Octavia Spencer, he's like, yeah, he's starting the car. Um yeah, it could make that. That makes that makes sense. I don't know. Then not much makes sense, man. So I'm, a movie I'm that I don't need to defend. So <laughs> not much makes sense, but I am like scrounging to for moments that make sense, and so that does. So yes, Annie meets her end, but we don't see it yet until um, Lori gets home from this party that she decided to you know drink a little too much at. One of her friends was killed at the party by Michael. Uh, she gets back to her house and she's like coming down from her being drunk. And she's like, I'm Michael Myers' sister. Yeah. Right? She's just having a moment. She, uh, her and her friend who are, you know, they are going to make tea downstairs. So Lori goes upstairs, sees Annie, right? Annie is not going to survive this time. Like it is, there's blood everywhere in the bathroom. And, you know, Lori, like it's two part, really. This one gets me kind of like my emotions high. And it's the only time actually that I feel that Scout Taylor Compton kind of kind of hit me mm-hmm. is uh, Annie eventually she's there sitting with her and she tells her friend to call the police. But of course, Michael's in the house, so he's going to kill the friend while Lori's upstairs and Annie dies right there in front of Lori. And Lori is just like it's the piano that there's like. it's like a a excerpt from the theme and Lori just you could just tell it's it's hard for her this they did get this part right yeah as far as like the connection she leans back and she just like in her sobbingness is just saying don't leave me I was just like I kind of you feel for the character really 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 like so much at that moment you feel Ma- for Lori's character. You feel for Lori. So Michael attacks. Lori leaves. To, she gets away from him. Here's the part that actually makes me cry is because the 911 call went through. The the Leia deputy goes <laughs> yeah. to uh, Brackett and she goes, sir, 911 call came in. It's like, so did you dispatch? Yes, sir. So what are you talking to me for? Mm. Because, sir, the call came from your house and he knows it's it's bad. So he takes off. So the when he does get there, the deputies had have already responded before him and they know what just happened. They're up there in the bedroom and he's coming up the stairs and he knows he knows and he's gone and he's coming up the stairs and you see the tears in Brad Dourif's eyes and you see how just angry he is and knowing that he can't do anything because it's already been done but he could feel it and he just goes where is she and i just feel it and then he comes around and lets out the saddest cry when he sees annie and oh my god it destroys me and depending on which one you watch either director's cut or not there's the only difference is when he is seeing annie they insert they insert uh, videos of Daniel Harris as a child. Yeah. So, of course, that fucking destroys me. What's funny is it's actually before she was in four and five. So it's in even younger Daniel Harris yeah. than we've ever really seen. 
what what gets me about Annie's death is she survived Michael how many times now? Like Daniel Harris's version or her Danielle Harris in the franchise in has the survived franchise has survived so many so many times. times and yeah. then when we finally get her death from Michael's hands, we get this version of Michael, this crusty old school version. What I needed for this to be was the one moment where Michael takes off his hood. We get a classic ish looking Michael. Like he can still be, you know, deteriorating a little bit, but I needed it to be an old school feel for me to appreciate it because you just killed off my favorite character from the franchise, probably in the worst way. I didn't see anything. And then right. we go back to an unflattering shot of up her Danielle's fully, fully, fully drenched nude. in blood, but fully nude for sure. And we get the most unflattering shot of like, well, there's everything, you know, we don't need to see. And that's where it kills me is yeah. Uh, her dad has a great reaction. It's almost like a, a whimpering. Oh, it's like a whale. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, I mean, Charles does it. It's like a Everyone's howl. reaction to her death is perfect, but her death itself is so dissatisfying that that's what breaks my heart about this is like, we finally got the closure that we got with Lori. It made more sense in H2O. Then we have to watch it in resurrection as a disappointment. This was a huge disappointment, right? Like this is the one thing you really could have taken care of and he didn't. I mean, I think it was smart of him to at least interject those little clips of her at a young age, just because people like me would be able to take right. something away from this movie. Even though I loathe this movie, that is the only thing that I salvage from it. Yeah, there's a re we definitely got a reaction for it, but to actually have seen the moment would have been, I think, so much more. I do like that uh, that adjustment from you that you know give us give us something that would just pay us off because we're the ones that bought the tickets and we're the ones that would ugh, anyway we've been buying the tickets for Daniel Harris for how many years? I know, you know, like we needed that payoff and we really. Didn't even get close to it. We I got, would love for her to reprise, uh, to do one more reprisal as something in these newer ones. I, I, I think she's willing and able. But, give, get, her, but they, give her something big. Don't give her a cameo, please. No, 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 no. I, I, I would love something. Just, uh, I would love something. You could, you could make her Jamie. You could, you could still make her Jamie in Long Lost Daughter. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, well, we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> yeah, we will. Um. And then, you know what? Fuck it all, guys. Like, this movie continues, I suppose, and it leads to a final showdown with uh, embarrassed on national TV Loomis trying to salvage any sort of dignity. And a uh, Michael Myers has been cornered in a shack by helicopters, and Racket is leading the way. He's got Lori. Is this the Mountain Man shack? Uh, yeah. It might as well be. Sweet mother of God. Um. <laughs> helicopters every dis every sniper everybody's got it and like bracket's pretty much keeping it together for a man who just lost his daughter like like ugh, i would be so angry like yeah. hard to but loomis shows up and a very satisfying uh right hook finds his chin from bracket because uh, uh, right or left but he punches him so hard because of what he did. He's like, there is a little girl in there. I might've been able to save if not for your fucking greed. And he's got a gun. He's got his revolver or whatever. He's got it pointed at Louis. He's like, I want to shoot you. Like he's yes. so angry and like, there's yeah. so much pain. And you know what? I'm like, pull the trigger. Fuck this idiot. Like, I'm tired of it. Like even him coming and also it's annoying because he comes to the rescue wearing his trench coat i'm like but it's a black one this time is it it's black yeah oh well fuck who cares it. who cares <laughs> like and so it's he the tried new loomis remember that's a line from the film that's right that's old loomis. that's old loomis this is new loomis yeah. none should exist and <laughs> <laughs> so yeah Lori is being held down by the young michael which is not there because it's a ghost or it's a image, but she sees it in her head. So Loomis is like, Lori, it's all in your mind. And she's like, I can't get up. I want to leave. And then Sherry moon is there. And then there's the horse. And I think then finally it leads to Michael charge Goldberg spearing <laughs> Loomis out of the shack. And everyone's favorite part of this movie is coming up. He takes off the mask with the helicopters all over him, grabs Loomis and just says, 
die. Die. Michael speaks, stabs him with his, it's not a knife. This is a fucking machete, pretty much. It's a huge fucking It's knife. fucking huge. It's a huge Lori knife. Lori picks it up, and it looks like a fucking sword at some point. It's the whole, like, hilt. Yeah. <laughs> it's down yeah, here. It's, like, it's huge. Uh, it got bigger throughout the movie, I think. Right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, he's a big guy, so, like, give him a knife that matters or, like, fits for him. But anyway, uh, every, every... every cop in the vicinity every deputy every sheriff destroy him shoot him up and he uh he falls down Lori comes out and i guess grabs the knife like you said and she's gonna go stab loomis Mm -hmm. and they shoot her to stop her and there's like a slow motion fall it's it's the way i fall in real life i fall in in sections oh yeah (laughs) yeah i take forever to. i'm like shack i take forever to fall (laughs) like caitlin sees me fall and she's like oh Oh, there he goes. There, there goes. he goes. Are you okay? <laughs> you down yet? Help okay. me. Help me, Jesus. Help me. <laughs> Just going down. Anyway, um, the final shot is a long hallway uh, with your favorite song playing in the background. Oh, my God. Yes. Love, Love hurts. hurts. But it's, you know, done. It's covered by somebody. It's, ooh, ooh, uh, uh. You slow zoom in to <laughs> you want to talk about like zombies experience in this this whole thing this possible f you to like everyone like being stuck in this film and making it his own and then he plays love or hurts at the very end and he shows nothing but images from like mostly the first film some of the second but there's a lot of sherry moon zombies oh clips, yeah which yeah. is hilarious to i me. mean the final the that yeah that's like post credits with the yeah. song but like uh, or not post credits, it's the credits. But the last thing we do see of this zoom into Lori, right, is her just cracking a grin as oh, if she's the white room and thing. then the white horse walk her Sherry Moon walking to her with the white horse. It makes it makes no sense because it's not a room. It's she's at the end of like a hallway. Yeah. There's no doors or anything. It's just what they could find, I'm sure. Yeah. And we get this long shot of her in the bed. And isn't there it doesn't have some translation of like the whole thing was in her head or some part I don't really know. Uh Oh yeah, there's a nah, chinga tu madre. I don't like well, that shit. You know? I don't know if we're supposed to translate like the white horse is Michael's transition into the afterlife and hell because Luma says you're going to hell, Michael, and he says die. Uh, you know, Michael speaks again. Let's go back to that. But I don't know if the white horse is Lori's transition, if it's Michael's transition. There's just so much of. I don't know that. Uh, you guys in the comments, please tell us what you what think the, the hell the white horse imagery is about. If you know anything uh, about uh, psychiatric uh, terminology that we don't. Well, I mean, it spells it out in the beginning. It says it's the whatever. What I'm not that? even going to go through that, but well, I'll put it up. I'll put it up here. Yeah. Uh, um, white horse. White horse and the Rob Zombie's translation of it. I'm done. I'm done with this movie. <laughs> he's like a child i'm done <laughs> i'm about to throw all these candies oh, put, put the plate down we're no, done i mean like Walk seriously around. but uh, talk about candies and plates and food and the 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 meat lovers pizza or section that bracket was eating of that pizza the half that was his oh, look looked good look good it's like the best looking pizza i've seen since like the teenage mutant ninja turtle movies probably oh like in part part two in the opening when the cheese is like the, the, you know just, yeah just yeah. drizzling down melting off well, the pizza that. hey danny uh how many kitchen knives do you give this film okay you ready i give this Negative two stars. <laughs> Negative two kitchen. I give this a butter knife. I give this a a serving. No, I give this a toothpick. I give this negative two kitchen knives. All right. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm going to surprise you and everyone. I like it better than Resurrection, so I'm going to give it a one because I don't do halves. So I'll give it a one. I will go back and revisit this somewhere in my life, probably. I won't go back. To I'm sure we'll catch that train and this will all be, you know, I'll look like one of those senators. that's like, use my words against me or whatever. Right. And, you know, this will get a resurgence and they, we'll all be on the train of it. I'm sure there are moments of this film that are good. There's like these weird patches. They don't go together. Maybe there's a recut of this film. We could have like most of the Star Wars films, but 
Uh, I'll stand by that. The only thing that I love and and cherish from this movie is Danielle Harris's. Oh wait, maybe there's something to that. I don't know if it's something. <laughs> Please bring Daniel Harris back. Uh, we would love that. Anything else to say about this film, Danny? I think you're done. I think I'm done. All right. Well, that's our rendition, our rundown of Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. That's Danny. I'm Lance reminding you to lock your doors, bolt your windows, and shoot that fucking white horse in the head. (laughs) Join us next time in our Slasher's Paradise. Peace. (laughs) Negative two. Negative two.